please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. <clears throat> Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or... <clears throat> when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer... Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or needing clothes, or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Well, we are delighted this morning to welcome to Knox Nuhum Kulabali, who is, has an extensive ministry career. You can read about that in the bulletin, but right now he is on the pastoral staff team at Zion Alliance Church in Markham area. And uh, he has taught yesterday at our formation day. I hope many of you were able to, uh, to catch his teaching and, and he's going to continue to bless us today by bringing God's word. And, but before he does that, he's going to be joined by a friend, Kasum Diamutane. And uh, they are going to sing us a song. So come forward, welcome to Knox. We are so glad. Would you welcome them? Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, brothers and sisters. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your hospitality, your friendship, your brotherhood in Christ Jesus. We are from Mali originally. For those who know uh, your, their geography, Mali is in Northwest Africa. And Jamuntene uh, and myself, we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ through the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church. Uh, when missionary left North America to go to Mali. I'm from the third region of Mali, and he's from the fourth region. We speak different tribal languages. Mine is Mienka, his is Senufu. But we do 
worship God in a one common language in Mali called the Bamara language, which is the trade language in Mali. This morning we're going to sing to you in Bamara. The song, the meaning of the song is this. The good thing that the Lord Jesus Christ has done, he's doing in your life, that you and I, we go to the rest of the world and tell them about the goodness of Jesus Christ, that he died for us, that he is with us in our, our trouble. And then one day he's coming back for us to be with him forever. So therefore, listen to this song in Bamara. Now uh, we have a new Malian, where are you? Thank you so much. So he's so good at just, exactly. Thank you so much, Knox Presbyterian Church, pastors, 
leaders, congregation, thank you again. The Lord has blessed you as a strategic church in this city, in this country. And we're so thankful that you haven't taken that blessing lightly. The proof is this, all these missionaries who came here on the stage, thank you for your prayers and thank you for your financial support in each and all their ministry and their lives. And through these men and women, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for touching so many lives around the world with the goodness and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. With a work like this, your prayers and your financials support and men and women like these men, people like myself won't be here. And this is why, brothers and sisters, on behalf of all the Malian, including Kasum, we want to give thanks to God for you. And to let you know, yes, a lot has been done already. People like myself are here because of your work and your sacrificial support. And we celebrate God for that. At the same time, there are many work, we still have a lot of work to be done. There are many people who are still there who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ yet. And this is why we cannot be sitting on our hands and sitting on our feet. We still have to go. Today, brother and sister, the Lord has put on my heart this important message about Jesus, the friend of the poor. Now, in this message, I will give you a little bit of testimony of myself, how I lived with, you know, poverty and how the Lord Jesus Christ helped me. But in the introduction here today, brother and sister, I want you to know one thing. To be poor is a hard life to be in. Many, many, many headaches, a lot of consequences of being poor. One of the hardships in poverty is this, brothers and sisters, is difficult to find a friend. When you're poor, it's very difficult to find a genuine friend or run away from you because they can't get anything from you. And this is why, brothers and sisters, you know that to find a human friend when you're poor. In that context, to find the God of God, Jesus Christ, who came from heaven to be on every block that he has chosen his poor to be his friend. Oh, it's precious. It's revolutionary that the God of universe would choose the poor to be his friend. Brothers and sisters, if you don't know this Jesus yet, don't run away from this room today without making a commitment to him because you will never find another God like him. You will never find another God like him. While you never run away from the poor, he embraces the poor with all his heart. And you know why? Next slide, please. Yes, the king and judge Jesus Christ caring for the poor. In verse 31, in Matthew 25, the Lord Jesus says, Matthew wrote this, When the Son of Man come in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. He will put the sheep on his right, and the goat on his left. 
brother and sister, Jesus is king and is the judge. And it's so amazing that this text is one of the last teachings Jesus has given to the world before he suffered the passion of the cross in the book of Matthew. You will think that that last teaching before he went to be on the cross in Matthew will be on something else. As an evangelical, my thought will be if Jesus has to give the last message before his suffering on the cross, especially about the judgment, the last judgment day, it will be judging us. Why didn't you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? I thought that would be the focus of the last judgment. Surprise, surprise. According to Matthew, the next slide, brothers and sisters, here is the judgment, the heart of the judgment, according to Matthew. The sheep on the right are the one who care for the poor. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take my inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the willow. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the, of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Rather, even go deeper. Deeper than friendship. Actually, the poor are his brother and sisters. Wow. And the righteous asked, when did we do this for you? It's when you did this for the poor, who are hungry, who are naked, who are in prison, you did it for me. Brothers and sisters, one day, for those who have, have, of you who have never been to Mali, I'll have a joy in taking, to take you there, one of the poorest countries in the world of Mali. As soon as you get there, poverty will hit you in your face. That's my country. God is there. There's no doubt about it. The point being, brothers and sisters, the poor are many in this world. Sometimes we're so overwhelmed by the number of the poor, we think, you know what, just give up on it. I can't do it. Don't even try. But the good news for you and for me is this. The Lord is not asking you and I to take care of all of them. Look at this. He said, whatever you did for what? For one. <laughs> one. Just one. The one. Don't be overwhelmed by the forest. Just take care of one. That's, that's the freedom he's giving you. One. One. Just one. The power of one. Brothers and sisters, the power of one. One is powerful. You remember when Abraham and Sarah wanted to have children? They were so desperate. 
The Lord promised them, I, I, I will give you descent that you cannot even count. But when the Lord started to fulfill his promise to Abraham and, one, and, and, and Sarah, you will think he will give them six children like my, I am. I have six children. Guess what? He gave them one, Isaac. That was it. During the time, as time continued to unfold, he went from one Isaac, he gave two children to Isaac, Esau and Jacob. And as the time continued to unfold to Jacob, he gave 12. But it all served the power of one. Brothers and sisters, you don't have to take care of all the poor. The Lord is asking you to take care of one, one, one. You can do it. The next life, the goat who neglected the one, the Lord says this, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison or did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one, one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go to eternal punishment, but the righteousness, the righteous to the eternal life. Brothers and sisters, at this point, for the goat here, who love goat here? Who eat goat here? Eat it right now. We live over there. We're too late. The goat, the goat has their opportunity to be helping one poor. They did not do it. And why is it Jesus Christ is putting them with the eternal punishment with the devil and his angels? Go back to the book of Genesis where, brothers and sisters, Adam and Eve, because they sinned against God, they went from paradise on earth in the Garden of Eden to the poverty when they became naked. The original sin has brought poverty to Adam and Eve, has taken away their dignity, their human dignity. It was in that Garden of Eden that God got mad at poverty. He didn't create human beings to lose his or her dignity. He created them into his own image to have dignity, to have honor. But sin came and took it away. You will know the story. Adam and Eve tried to cover up their nakedness. They tried by their own means, leaves. It didn't work until God himself intervened, slaughtered an animal and take the skin and cover the nakedness. And brothers and sisters, since that day, Anyone who have been helping to bring indignity to human beings will become part of the devil and his hands. And Jesus doesn't like that. And brothers and sisters, unfortunately, that original sin has been have taken different kind of ramifications. We became so greedy for all of us. Listen, God has created enough resources for all of us. But because of the greed of human beings, we want everything for us. And good luck to the other one there. And that greed has brought slavery to many people. They have the means, they have the strength, they have the intelligence to do things for themselves. But you know what? Other people have made them slaves. They can't do it. 
that sin after slavery has become corruption in other societies. Because of corruption, the natural resources that he has blessed us with, those resources are not enough anymore. It's in the hand of a handful of people. The vast majority are struggling. Well, in other societies, bribery. And you can see this sin hit many people into poverty and yet Jesus Christ in his blessing for all of us he wants us to give dignity to human, human beings and this is why brothers and sisters the message for you and for me today is this care for the poor while you are still alive if you are in the last judgment day, and hearing this message from a goat is too late for you. And this is why, brother and sister, while you are still alive here, take your opportunity in this city, in the rest of the world, to take care of the poor. Here an example in Acts chapter 9, 36 to 39, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. She was always doing good and helping what? The poor. Tabitha was helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing what? Showing him the robe and the clothing that Dorcas Tabitha had made while she was still with them. Brothers and sisters, the message is clear. There's a time for all of us to make and think for the poor while we're still, he was still with us. While she was still with us. It has struck me. Those of us here in North America, we all have bank accounts. I know in my country, Hopkins will tell you, only 4% of Malian have bank accounts. Only 4% of the population, but I can guarantee you in this room, 90% of us will have bank accounts. Even children, I know. <laughs> All my six children have their bank account. I know by God's grace. You and I are truly blessed in this world. We are blessed today, this morning, with life. There's still time for us not to hear the message of the goat. While you're still with us, where are your clothing of Tabitha for helping the poor, brothers and sisters? This is still time for you, still the time of grace. And this is why, brothers and sisters, Jesus didn't just talk about it, he set the example. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 9, 35 to 38, Jesus went through all the town and villages and teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the good news and the kingdom of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, he had what? Compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciple, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send a worker into the harvest field. Yes, this judge and this king didn't speak just about before, he went to do something about it. And this is why this missionary was an American missionary. He says this, Herbert came. He said the needs of the world are deep-seated and long of long-standing. They cry out for amelioration. The church, if it is to be loyal to Christ, cannot pass by on the other side. 
as the priest and the Levite did. The church cannot be true to its own gospel if it turns a deaf ear to the cry of need, whatever need, whatever that need may be. When Jesus saw the multitude, a sheep without a shepherd, he was moved with compassion, and his compassion always issues action. Peter summed it up all in one beautiful phrase. He went doing good. The Christian cannot do less. Brother and sister, I know this, brother and sister, you know, in the Bible, we have a book called the book of Acts. Actually, that's where the story of Dorcas came from us, <laughs> to us, the book of Acts. I know belief is very important for us in our Christian faith. Yes, belief is very important. But go through in the whole Bible, there's no a book of belief. It's nothing there. There's no book called the book of belief. It's not there. But God in his wisdom put a book called the book of Acts. To act on what Jesus Christ is telling us to do. Where is your book of Acts? The act of helping the poor before Jesus is your law. And brother and sister, as he went to do good, and you and I cannot do less. Three things I will suggest to you in this sermon to do as servant of Jesus Christ and disciple of Jesus Christ. Number one, let's introduce Jesus Christ to the poor. You see, at the heart of every poverty in this world is the spiritual poverty. There's only one person who can deal with spiritual poverty, that's Jesus Christ. Therefore, the best way to introduce them to help the poor is to tell them about their friend. You have a friend, he's eternal, he's omnipotent, he's full of compassion, of love. Everybody can abandon you. He will never abandon you. He died on the cross for you, that you cannot forgive your own sin. And he can deal with the root of your problem. Therefore, missionaries, thank you so much for lifting up Jesus Christ in his message of salvation, sanctification, and glorification. Because at the end of the day, he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He alone can save the poor forever. And this is why he needs to be introduced to the poor. And number two, brothers and sisters, let you and I, the next slide, you and I be what? To overcome our life worries and fears. We all have worry and fear about our retirement in this country. Uh, sometimes it's just there getting your hair being very nice, all of a sudden you start to see gray hair. Sorry for those who have gray hair here. It's not, I'm not picking on you. But you know what, brother and sister, all of a sudden, oh, I'm getting old. I don't have retirement plan to figure out yet. Therefore, it becomes difficult to take care of one poor because I'm so concerned about my retirement. Brother and sisters, the Lord said, do not worry about your life. And understand this is from Matthew, who you to be a tax collector. Who's so addicted to money. It's so amazing that Jesus will use a former tax collector to tell us how to have real treasure in heaven. You have retirement. You have mortgage. But at the end of the day, he will take care of you, brother and sister. By faith, and this one, number three, be, be God's faithful servant for the poor by doing what? By Storing up treasure on earth, and not to, tre uh, to uh, store up treasure for yourself on earth, but to store it up in heaven by doing what? By taking care of the poor. And this is why, brothers and sisters, yes, number one, introduce the Jesus Christ to the poor. 
Overcome your fear and your worries about your own need because he will always provide for you. And yes, by faithfully, yes, I overcome it by being faithful. Let me help my own one poor person that God sent me. And this is why again and again, strategically speaking, you and I in this city, in this world, the Lord has blessed you to be his hand to bless the poor. And now through some pictures, go to the pictures. I want to share with you a little bit about my own story of poverty. This is where Mali is located. The next slide. This is the village where I was born. <coughs> it's very hard to understand that it's from there. I'm your preacher here today. <coughs> this is where I was born and grew up. Actually, where we, and then yeah, where we, my children are, this is the exact location where I was born, not in a hospital. I was born in a house here. My father was a pastor here. My mother suffered with me three days in child laboring without any medical assistance because of poverty. They couldn't take me to my mom to see a doctor. I was born here. And then the next slide, we show you this is my wife carrying our youngest daughter. This was my 401 for 10 years, my biggest street. And then from there, around the same village, the next slide, this is where my father moved from the village to go to the outside a little bit to be between two villages where our congregation used to come from. And guess what? He built our house here. But the problem was, yeah, go to the snake park. Guess what? These were our neighbors. It was an open zoo in this place. I remember one of the farmers around our house who used to go to our church on, in one day, on one day, one Saturday, he killed nine vipers like this. And guess what? One night, this is the very night I gave, the very day I gave my life to Jesus Christ through the preaching of my father, I was beaten by a viper like this. There was no missionary around. There's no health care around. But missionaries introduced our best friend Jesus to us. On that night, where medicine, where money couldn't help, we cry out to our best friend Jesus Christ who is omnipresent on that night. He listened to my cry, the cry of my parent or myself. One week later, I was completely healed from, med from, from viper. Now, my, uh, I'm blessed with a family doctor here in this country. My wife is a family doctor here. If I'm beaten by another viper, please, you come and preach here. I'll go and see a doctor. You see, but there, there was no health care. Can you imagine I didn't know Jesus Christ? I would be in trouble. The next slide is this, brother and sister, yes, in another village where I went to grade four, poverty, it was in this village. I had lice in my life for the first time. So poor, I'll have my clothes washed once every month, just once. In the end, I had lice everywhere. Life was so miserable. But yet, in the end, by God's grace, the next life, you know what? Many years later from Canada, I went back in the same village with gift from my home church of Rexdale Alliance Church at that time to help the poor young children there. The next slide. More. Yeah, I can see sitting down with the poor where I used to be myself. And this is the capital city where I went to university. And the next slide. Until the day in Senegal in 2001, I ran into this American businessman at a time when I need to come to study at Tyndale. Tyndale has asked me for 36,000 Canadian dollars I didn't have. And I went back to my parents to pray for Jesus Christ to come and help us. 
this American businessman put his hand on me and said, I'll pay for your education in Canada. I said, sir, it will cost you 36,000 Canadian dollars. He said, he said, don't worry, I'll pay for you. In the end, he's the one who brought me here in this city, spent three days with me in the hotel. And guess what? When he took me in my bedroom at Tyndale, he put his jacket on the side like this and started making my bed. And I started to weep like a baby. He did. He identified himself with me. In the end, he paid more than 100,000 Canadian dollars for my seven-year Tyndale. He bought a house for my parents in Africa. Bought a pickup truck for my father to preach the gospel in Mali. Never met my, my father once. And from there, I say, Lord, the rest of my life, I'm looking for the one poor you want me to take my shirt away for. And that from there, the next slide will show you this is where I took Canadian dentists to go and give help to the poor that I never met before. The next slide. This is a dead body that you won't see between the green guy and the white guy. There's a child dead there trying to help the poor with their dead. And the next slide, we start a new school in Mali where we have 236 to 53 students. The next slide, these are the school, the school we built to help the poor educated. The next slide, and finally, brothers and sisters, the goal of helping the poor is not to give a Corvette to every poor. It's not to make everybody a millionaire. At the end of the day, for you and for the poor, it's all about to be rich in the character, in the competency, and the compassion of Christ. There's no wealth better than this. May the Lord bless you and I to be faithful with the one poor that he has put on our way. That you will take your jacket away because Jesus took down his jacket of glory of heaven and came and helped us all. In his name alone, go and serve him and his poor. In Jesus' name, amen.